Welcome to the Optimal Performance Guide, where we have conversations with high-level humans to provide clear guidance to the mindset and habits required for optimal performance. I'm your host, Rory Cordial. Okay, guys, I'm excited to have my good friend Darren Olean on the show today. Darren has spent much of his life traveling the world in search of the healthiest foods on the planet. He has incredible depth as a human and is extremely knowledgeable in what it takes to live a healthy life inside and out. This episode begins with Darren taking us through a breathing exercise that he does almost every day to promote a healthy state of being. He challenges the listener that is trying to make a healthy habit change to first consciously commit to this change, and then to do the work. A healthy lifestyle does not happen overnight. It takes consistent small steps in the right direction. The daily work is what allows you the opportunity to show up to life at your best. Darren shares how he has followed nature's lead in overcoming tremendous personal loss and pain. And he shares a lot of practical advice on how he thinks about choices that all of us make, including some of his favorite go-to meals. I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you do as well. Okay, enough talking, let's get to the show. Hey guys, I wanted to let you know we recorded this interview before the COVID-19 pandemic, just so you know why it's not referenced during our conversation. Enjoy the show. Darren, thanks for taking the time to sit down and talk. Of course, for sure. You have a great energy like spirit about you. Mm -hmm. And one of the most important values for me is truth and authenticity. And I feel like I'm always kind of searching for that just uh, within the body, trying to understand the truth of the body, but also with people, I'm very sensitive to it. So I feel like that may be an important thing to you as Mm -hmm. well. The way you live your life is very congruent in line with your passions and, and, and what you do. I can tell you are very passionate about the planet and, and the, the plants, the nutrition that comes from it, we'll, we'll talk about, as well as just many aspects of a healthy lifestyle, being active, community, and growing and, and literally exploring the planet. I have a sense you really love connecting to this whole planet and understanding cultures and how things work and especially plants and like uh, nutrition and- 100%. Yeah. Yeah. To start, one thing, this isn't how I was gonna start, but just popped in my head. Uh, I'm interested very much in breathing, just breath work. Yeah. Um, I know that's in your book. Oxygen, breathing, part of, uh, you call vital forces, right? Yeah. 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 But um, would you be willing to take me and you through any kind of breath work that like you currently do a few minutes, just like right now, right now. Yeah. There's a lot you can unpack, especially now there's more and more things. Uh, Wim Hof kind of brought a lot of, you know, this, um, breath to, to mainstream but of course the yogis and the, the Tumo breathing and, and, uh, almost every culture has some sort of breath work involved. So, so now, 
for me, I, I basically do this. I do, and I'll, I'll say what it is and then we can do it. Okay, cool. So it's just, um, I'll do nose breathing. So it's extremely important. Uh, Patrick McEwen's got a great book called um, The Oxygen Advantage of how we've gotten away from, from nose breathing. Mm-hmm. So I'll do uh, in and out nose breathing um, about 30 to 40 times. And then I'll do an exhale. Um, then I'll do an exhale hold. And then kind of um, pulling my stomach in, pulling my navel to my spine, opening up my rib cage on the exhale, and then holding that position, okay. right? And then you'll love the, you know, you're getting into that uh, postural position. And then when I can't hold that anymore, I'll do. Uh, an inhale, hold, and then I'll squeeze the lower parts of my, you know, the sex organs and then the lower parts of the abdomen and then consciously pull the energy up okay. my spine to my head. So that's, so three rounds like that. I'll start with in and out nose only, mm-hmm. in and out nose. And then at the end, sometimes I'll just oxygenate a lot more with the third round being all mouth. Okay. Okay. To move more air. So everyone who wants to join us yeah. right now, it's on. So Let's you just do this. thought you're if you're driving a car <laughs> or something like that, don't do this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh if you're at home, you're in a spot, I definitely recommend you yeah. jumping or, on or board. Or driving a John Deere t- tractor <laughs> yeah, or not, whatever. Don't don't not, do this. It's not heavy machinery. Um Okay. Okay, so <clears throat> so you want to emphasize the the breath in? when you're breathing in. And sometimes what's very good to do on many levels is have a grin. So you're smiling, yeah, right? Like that. Yeah. Because that opens up the pathway of, of, the, okay. of the nose and the sinuses, right? So it's a nice little hack, that, okay. but just by smiling and just nose only. So I usually close my eyes and we'll go through. And once I'll, I'll count to myself about 30 to 40 breaths, and then I'll tell everyone exhale, hold, and then suck the air in. Okay. So let's do. You suck the air in, but you're still on an exhale, hold. Exactly. You're not inhaling again. No, you're on an exhale, but you're sucking. You're sucking in to create space. To create space, uplift and open up the diaphragm. Um, yeah, you're sucking your navel to your spine on fully an exhale. exhaled, fully exhaled, holding that, then inhaling. And then I'll cue you on okay. the X ex- on the inhale. Okay. Awesome. Hold. Okay. Ready? <clears throat> All nose, a light little smile, eyes closed and on this pace. Quick inhale, exhale, hold, suck the belly button in, keep on the exhale, hold, open up the rib cage, hold, 
Inhale, hold. Now squeeze like you're stopping your pee and you're squeezing your lower abdomen and then visualize pulling that air up to your third eye, your pituitary, your pineal, and out the top of your head. Squeeze. And let it go. You want to keep going? You want to... Let's do one more. Okay, one Let's more. Do, yeah. Let's go. Let's just, just because we demonstrated the nose only, which is good. I usually dominate with that. Let's go, which is a good way to recover from exercise. <clears throat> Doing both because the nose will drop you into parasympathetic nervous system, but then also doing a mouth reoxygenates and helps to pull that lactic acid out because because you need oxygen in order to hook onto the lactic acid to get it out so so this is a good recovery as well so this is mouth only so pretend like you're pulling you're pulling the air through a straw and you're emphasizing the breath in and then you're just letting it out you're not pushing it out okay so we'll do about 30 breaths and then the same thing will end with a inhale uh, exhale hold Pull Trying. your diaphragm up, and then we'll do it. Inhale, squeeze. Okay. Okay. Great. So mouth only. Pull the air in like you're pulling through a straw, and you can hear it when 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 I do it. Ready? Breath in, exhale, hold, suck the belly button into your spine, open up the diaphragm, the rib cage. Big breath in. Squeeze the air, pull that air up, that energy, keep holding, squeeze. And let it go. So just be aware of the space for all of you that followed along or follow along later. Just, re just feel the space that was created, difference of that energy and of your body and the space that's opened up in your head. It's such a good way to not only physiologically change yourself, but also changes your state. So it allows you to be prepared for the day in a balanced, calm way, but also helps you recover from stress of any kind as well. So 
Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. My eyes are more clear. Yeah. <laughs> it opens up doors in your consciousness that's just automatic, I think. And it's kind of like a, you can believe in what you believe in. Mm-hmm. You know, the universe, the connectedness, the unified field, God, prayer, whatever that is for anyone. Mm-hmm. But just by doing that action automatically as a side benefit puts you in that space and God knows we need more space yeah. in our thoughts, in our monkey minds, in our bodies, in our, you know, it's, it's, a, it's just such an easy thing to commit to and do. How long did that take? A few seconds. And then next thing you know, we're completely in a different state of being. So Yeah. And to have that simple tool, people can run with that and explore that just like going to the gym. Yeah. Uh, spend some time connecting to the space within and that interconnect interconnection that that puts you in this state where you you know you're connected to everything right this oneness uh, for sure i feel like breath is such a powerful connector of our mind our body soul like mm-hmm. it just interconnects our being yeah uh, and you can even even listening i feel like my voice has dropped a bit yeah. and your voice as well you already have a deep voice but yeah. People listening, you can see if it's accurate or not, but it is kind of like dropping into your your body in a different way, yeah, right? Uh, sure. It only changes the conversation. For sure. Uh, you know, you drop more into theta and delta and like a calmer space, space of just your own brain waves, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there's so much healing that's possible. And we don't even know. It's such a great big mystery that, that, is is part of what I love about the cultural aspect of what I do that you're constantly just kind of blown away by the people and by the practices because really the the practices that come with many said herbs or botanicals or plants is very ceremonial so you can't really get around that it's it's where it's how they've passed them on for so long and and dare i say maybe some of the most powerful ways of introducing plants into your body is also you're preparing the receivership of your body with with those things i've never talked about this before but it's something Mm -hmm. i've thought about because how do you how do you get this plant from around the world but then tell people how to do a ritual in order for them to to receive it but but it's really about receiving the earth's bounty and receiving life's abundance because it's it's a constant game in every moment we can easily be distracted with all of the things that went wrong are going wrong or whatever and we lose focus of the well what do i have Look, right now I have a bottle of pure, beautiful water. I have a house right here. I have a dog that loves me. I have land that I'm sitting on. I have a car that travels me around. I have a radio that I can turn on. I can pick any song that I want. You know what I mean? It's like the, 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 the level and the bounty that we all have is so unbelievably overwhelming that we just don't even really acknowledge it anymore. And I think that's part of the part of the 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 challenge as humans. Because it's like, how can you be a receptacle of abundance when you're running around in a lack consciousness going, 
you know, I didn't get that job or I didn't get that money. So therefore I'm in judgment of myself. I'm not good enough. I'm, I can't compare myself to my, uh, my friend, but in, but unless you turn around and look at your life, you won't see that you have boundless abundance, but by acknowledging that and owning that, then you open up yourself to the receiving ability of the entire universe. So anyway, that's a tangent. I mean, we just did breath work, so that's where my freaking consciousness goes. <laughs> but it is something so powerful because it goes down to the whole guru mentality too of like, let's go to a doctor so he can tell me what to do or not do or how to heal, which don't ever give your power away. Receive it, take the information from a powerful position from any healer, right? Mm -hmm. and, and take the information, but don't give your power away like they're the authority over you. I had uh, this researcher that I've known for probably 17 years, Dr. Mosin Hurmanish, and, um, and he said the greatest thing you can do is realize that there's no person closer to you than you. So therefore you have the key of all the information if you're willing to receive it for everything you need to do for you at any moment. And that could be listening and going, listen to this person right now. That could be try this modality. Mm -hmm. That could be listening from that place and go, this, this herb right now will help me. And that is a practice. That is a practice. That is a openness. That is a, that is, um, something that I think, you know, we need to all be our own stewards. So anyway, but that's, um, and it's something that, you know, we constantly, the self-improvement saw has a dark side to it too. You know, it's like you, you don't have everything, so I'm going to give it to you. So Mm -hmm. um, you know, <clears throat> pay me this and I'll tell you how, how to listen to yourself. Right. And that can be a slippery slope. Right. You said so much there. There's so many, <laughs> so yeah. many, like so many important things you said, and you can take it back to the breath work because it opens the door to a lot of the things you said about gratitude, about creating the space within ourselves. And, and you did a great job leading everyone on uh, at the end of just, just noticing the space that this creates, that's connecting to self, to like our essence. And yes. from that place, the decisions you make, the interactions with the world are different. I think maybe more true to who you are, right? More true to yourself and not so, so disconnected with the thoughts that have been running in your mind, right. et cetera. Like, right. uh, so I just am emphasizing again, do that, do that breathing and do it again and do it tomorrow and do it the next day. Cause I, I bet this is something you do often. Every day. To, every day. Every day. hundred percent. And I think it opens up you to the great mystery and the, and the, and you, you know, not to go too far on the edge, but the magic of life, the, the, the serendipity, the synchronicity, the, the, the resonance we are living in a frequent frequency we are we we all know when someone angry or happy walks into a room 
So we, we pick up on energies all the time. The sun is giving us frequencies every minute of every day. The moon is, the circadian rhythms, the water that we drink is all giving us the dog right now. Chaga's sniffing us. He's taking in information. He feels when there's danger. He knows when there, there's, there's senses that we, we have that when left undeveloped and unacknowledged, then we we end up kind of living a life, I believe, from a reactive place and a should or could place instead of this um, this opportunity, this mystery, this joy. And dare I say what I mean, I, I, you know, this is something I've been asking myself lately in, in certain very simplistic forms. I'm like, what if most of life comes down to your degree at which you're loving yourself, right? So, so if you truly ask yourself a question every time you're making a decision, which is a few hundred thousand times a day, <laughs> but, but as a practice and major decisions go, if I loved myself, if I truly loved myself and just do it inside, if I truly loved myself, what would I choose right now? Would I choose this hamburger from McDonald's, for example, or would I choose this beautiful, you know, salad with Baruka nuts on it and, 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 you know, whatever. So, so it's like, if I love myself, you know, this business deal, why, why not open yourself up to, it's almost like I've played with this idea several times when I when I know I'm doing something or connecting with somebody, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll kind of send energy to them before I meet them and I'll make a connection. So there is a resonance already. So as soon as I meet them, it's already as if we know each other. And that's happened, I'm telling you, dude, it's happened so many times. I've had it happen where someone looks at me and goes, have we met? I mean, it's <laughs> happened so many times I can't even blow it off anymore. And it's really that simple act of like, if I am an infinite being uniformly connected to all of this and all of this life, then why can't I have access to this unified field? Why can't I communicate through these frequencies? And of course I can, and it's subtle. It's not, it's not hammering a nail into this table. It's, it's subtle powerful energies that we have access to. So anyway, you, you know, this is a, <laughs> it's a big, big topic, but it's, but it's like, you know, if, if we are to walk around, if making choices coming from, if I love myself, then what is my choice right now? I love that. We don't always make that loving choice. That's for sure, right? No. And we're such habitual creatures. We have such a strong, from the evolutionary standpoint of our development of our brain, you know, reptilian, limbic, and then the frontal, prefrontal lobes, the more neocortex, higher level of yeah. uh, awareness, the pull to survival, to these habitual patterning of even food. I don't know, it's strong. So I, I think like... Uh, our conscious mind may want to be really healthy, but the unconscious program running might be geared to not so healthy habits. And it might be passed from our parents did it this way and our parents' parents. And so you have this unconscious mm -hmm. programming going the opposite direction of 
often the direction you want to head and it's strong. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's also, it's also the pain and then the associations you make to pain. And that could happen from the moment you're born mm-hmm. to any point in, 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 in your childhood to, 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 to come up because we're all dealing with it. You don't get out of jail free here. You, you're going to receive pain and you're going to make up a story about it. That's the deal. So, so yeah. So do you want to make, what kind of stories do you want to make up and what kind of stories do you want to continue to run with? Mm -hmm. So it's important to do, listen, I I said some simple things about if you love yourself, but also you have to forgive yourself from all of this other past pain in order to free yourself from that unconsciousness, because it's like, you know, most of our day is run by this unconscious kind of patterning. And, and it's like, can you imagine that you're mostly not making a choice consciously in your life every day? Just contemplate that for a second. You're mostly not even aware of the choices you're making every day that you're just automated in and you've justified them. You've justified, I, I you know, I'm just going to eat this at lunch break because I always do. And, or you're not even, even there questioning it until what happens. You know, you get that scary call from, you know, a doctor or you're, you're having a panic attack because you're short of breath walking upstairs. Like next thing you know, that accumulation of that unconsciousness has now brought to your consciousness a very severe issue. Mm-hmm. And that severe issue is, is, is compacted and brought upon by the unconscious degenerating your life. So, so unless you're able and willing to unpack that and to go like, what am I going, what do I, number one, we have to ask ourselves, I don't know why people don't, what do we, what do you want? Mm-hmm. What do you want your life to be like? How do you want it to look? And if, of that doesn't resonate with actually what you want and you're not willing to unpack and forgive and go through a little of the unpacking of that pain, then you don't get it. This is as good as it gets. Yeah. Right here, right now, are you good with your life? Because that's it. You're not going to get any, it's not really going to get any better. Yeah. So turn into the pain, sit with it, allow it, Forgive yourself, forgive the people, and then, you know, we're just really getting into the psychology of stuff right now. But, but I, I think it's the greatest nutrient that we're lacking in that and that ability to confront pain and confront the unease. I mean, just look at the last time you blew off an uncomfortable conversation with someone that you needed to have a conversation with. Mm-hmm. Just keep blowing it off. Like, okay, well, how many family? secrets do families have they're not unwilling to have these conversations they're unwilling to go hey you know what that really hurt me what you just said no one does that mm-hmm. it's a it's a muscle that's been lost and so then next thing you know you have resentments that build for 5 10 15 20 25 30 40 50 years and then on your deathbed you go you come down to that and you say listen why was i holding on to that I am now at the end of my life. This is it. This is it. This is my last day on earth. And I'm bummed that I didn't love more. 
I'm bummed that I held some stupid shit over myself and over other people. And it really comes down to loving people and relationships and goes back to time. The pressure, like you brought up in the beginning, the preciousness of time, having to have a conscious conversation. I will say yes to this every second of every day to sit there. If we have a mic in our hand to, 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 to raise the level of a conscious conversation, great. Then this is a muse. This is a catalyst for us to, to connect because I too, many things that you said about me, I, I, also perceive about you right so there's a shared collective consciousness that both you and i resonate of authenticity that you've done enough cultivation of yourself i'm continuing to do the cultivation of who i am and so when you find someone that has the lightness Mm -hmm. then it's fun to hang out with those people but unfortunately the human flaws it's rare for people, I'm not saying I'm special, you're special. The the special part of it is turning into pain. I've had the hardest fucking year of my life, right? Hardest year of my life. I lost everything I owned, everything. And six months before that, I got divorced. The first time I was married and I got divorced, she was my best friend. It unraveled. It needed to happen. All of that stuff. But if anyone knows divorce, it's fucking heart wrenching. Divorce, lost everything, and then I got in a bad business deal and lost three hundred thousand bucks. You know what I mean? Comes in threes, baby. Oh my god. So so. All, all but behind that three hundred was I wanted to. There there was some potentially earth changing environmentally changing technology that I was investing in. Mm -hmm. So my heart was in the right spot, but I was unconscious in certain areas about who I was dealing with. So the point is that I can say all this stuff. I'm willing to look into the pain. I'm excited for the future, even besides all that, but it doesn't happen on its own. It, It happens by way of like, fuck man. I'm about to have a nervous fucking breakdown. I'm my whole life is being yanked out. Everything I own on this planet just got taken away. Thank God my dog is here and he was safe. But Jesus Christ, you have to, I don't know of any other thing to do than to turn into the pain and go, okay, what can I learn from this? How can I forgive myself for any unconsciousness that I contributed to this thing so that I don't repeat the same damn pattern of allowing certain things and people and places in my life that aren't resonating? Because there's certainly part of that. Mm -hmm. Some of it is completely out of my control. I didn't control the wildfires, but I was a victim in that sense of it. Yeah. So now how do I how do I come out of that? And it's everything that I'm talking about here. It's going back to the simple, it's breathing, it's relationships, it's surrounding myself with good people. It's doing the daily work every day. It's feeding my body full of life-giving <clears throat> foods and waters. And, and, and if I were to love myself, what, am, what are the choices I need to make to overcome this just gnarly fucking year? And I... Do, if anyone know has a magic button 
I'd love to know, but all I know is it seems to be these simple choices added up again over time to resurrect yourself, to rise from any pain that you will face. And if you have that muscle, and if you've built that muscle, thank God I've I've built it, but this challenged me to my core. Mm-hmm. So I had to go back to those things that, and even find find things within me that I didn't know, and to reassess the whole trajectory of my life and what I'm dedicated to. So I think you're gonna really resonate with a lot of people. Everyone <laughs> understands pain. That's for sure. Everyone understands pain. Yeah, you know, and it's it's seductive to be a victim. It's seductive to. Because even, you know, having lost the house and then in this whole community, we had 1,800 homes that were destroyed. So there's a lot of, and, and, and many that were partially destroyed. There's been a lot of, there's a lot of peace. So I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. But as you're having conversations with people, it's, it's so victimized. Because, oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. There's no, how do you know what to say to someone? But the vibe really is something to where it's easy to maintain being a victim. And I secretively started to pop out of it internally and be, be excited about the future, even though I had no idea what it would be. I would start feeling the difference of my life outside of the loss, outside of everything being wiped out and, and starting getting, but, and that happened by just doing the stuff we just did. Yeah. This is so amazing to me because it's like, yeah, the pain, the unknown, because this could also be you're diagnosed with a disease or you have other huge things right in your life. So what do you do? I love the fact that you've, you've faced it and you figured out how do I reconnect with myself and learn and just the shift to gratitude because we're sitting here there's the trees are still black right like uh uh, darren was part the malibu went through there was fires all over california tore through malibu like you said destroyed homes like so and i you weren't even in the country right Right. like when the fires came through so imagine everything your home everything you own is just gone there's no no discussion and you're not even there to like you weren't even there to take anything no, like this. Yeah. <laughs> not that, you know, cause at the end of the day, you, you, there's only a few things that matter to you. So you're like, okay, well, I've got a lot of information and precious video and pictures from 15 years of superfood hunting and people. And cause that becomes our library now it's yeah. this electronic. So I had a lot of stuff on the computer and then of course, dad, my dad's stuff who's passed away and mom's stuff and like all of it. Were you able to get any of nothing. it? Nothing. No, oh no, nothing. So, so, you know, that's the, that's the, you know, imagine, you know, you're on a trip and I, you know, I was far away in the Amazon and I was tired cause I was three, three months of traveling at that point and a lot of different places. And <laughs> the, the gnarly thing is, you know, it's always great coming home when you're tired and you're like, ah, oh, I can't wait yeah, for just... my own bed and my pillow. And I'm sitting on the plane waves of stuff hitting me like i'm going home but i don't have a fucking home oh my god i have no home i have no bed i have no pillow i have no zero comforts i'm on the plane not even sure where i'm going 
luckily I kept one car at the airport. So I have my car. I didn't even have to rent because I was like, okay, I would have to rent a car because I have, I lost cars and motorcycles and barns and my house and all of that stuff. So imagine sitting on the plane with these waves of like, I literally only have the suitcase that I have. And I got this car, but then I'd get weirdly, I'd get gratitude for that going, I could have easily not had a car at the airport. So I was extremely grateful for one car, the convenience of having one car. I was extremely grateful that my dog was away at the trainers, far away from the fires. Mm -hmm. And so you all of a sudden, the, what would come around is the extreme gratitude of what I did have. You have. And of course, waves of utter destructive loss would be like, oh my God, I can't believe I don't have that anymore and this and this and this and this and that would, and to this day, it still happens. Yeah, but You know, it's still like, oh, oh, that's gone. <laughs> like, you know, because I had my whole entire life in that house. So, um, but w what do you do? You know, you just continue to move forward and face it and, and don't be a victim. It doesn't serve, uh, but, but grieve. It's important to don't grieve. Ignore. Don't ignore. <clears throat> Process. For sure. Uh, and let it go. I feel like letting go for health, we hold on to so much material stuff, emotional stuff, and it really does tie to inflammation, disease, just un unhealthy life, body, mind. So the, the ability to let go, you were forced to let go, but then to process that is still going on, sure, right? Like, sure. uh, so I think you've shared uh, a really, really healthy mindset and way to handle with tremendous loss, unexpected loss, pain. There's a lot um, that you've said that is valuable. I think maybe people have to listen to everything you said a couple of times mm. for it to sink in. Yeah, I can understand that. It's uh, it's it's not the easiest thing in the world to deal with any kind of loss, and and usually loss is completely out of your control. And it's you know if it's loss of a loved one, even if loved ones are sick, when the loss actually happens, not to mention just you know from just you know the acute loss of something that shouldn't have happened. Um, how we're just you know. A not even a week out of Kobe Bryant passing away. That's what I was thinking about. Um, and imagine that, you know, he's living at a peak of his life and the shock of that is just so utterly brutal. So there's acute loss like that, but loss when it actually happens, even if it's an, you know, a grandparent or a father or mother that's, that, you know, unfortunately are, suffering from something and you know the the end is coming but when the actual end comes you can't prepare for it you only have to deal with it when it's there because there's a finality to it that you can only take in that moment and then start to process and unpack and deal with that pain it's like they're part of my grief when i came to this property for the first time I had a chainsaw my way in. I had to go back because I, you know, lost my chainsaw, of course. So I had to go drive because all the, so many trees had fallen down on my driveway. And you, you see my driveway. Yeah. And, and so I had to 
co-run by a chainsaw, chainsaw my way in, and then seeing the house for the first time was such a, it was so necessary in the grieving process because it was like, it was like the wake, right? right. Seeing the death and, and in, in the back of my mind going, is it, wasn't there something that survived? Didn't I, didn't I, didn't something survive? And, and then you find out like, no, there's nothing <laughs> like it was all wiped out. So, so, so yeah, I mean, so death and the actual experience of it is, is, is something that, that I think is, is a, it's going to sound weird, mm. but it's a beautiful experience to go through because we don't escape it. And I think in our culture, we don't give enough space to death and grief and all of that stuff, I think, because it's such a move on culture. Mm-hmm. Like blah, 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 move on. So anyway, we've gone down that rabbit hole, but I think everyone gets the point, maybe. <laughs> but we're surrounded by trees in here. You're, you're really in nature. In, uh, and when I came in, there's this amazing uh, bluebird. It wasn't like a little bluebird. It was bigger. I don't know what kind mm. of bird that is, but like an amazing blue. And you just see the, there's just the devastation of a fire coming through, but that creates space for new life, for new growth, for the regeneration, that life that, that, I mean, if you, if we follow, if we're willing to unstick ourselves with all of the shame and guilt and victimization, I, I just looked at nature going, seeing that first sprout on a tree when this place, as far as you could see, there was not a blade of grass. There was nothing green. It was a bad black and white. For as far as all the mountains, everything you could see was wiped out. So to see the first sprout on the oak tree that was completely pitch black, that was like, well, in the back of my mind, I was like, well, why don't I follow nature? Why don't I regenerate? Because if I don't, then I'm not even in congruency with myself because I want to regenerate from it. Just like, just mm-hmm. like the, the life wants to regenerate here. Hell, there were flowers that no one's seen in 20 years littered all throughout these mountains. Wow. And they'll never come back again until a major fire happens. And listen, this is a fire ecology. It's going to burn again. Yeah. So my building is going to be environmentally just a badass fortress, but it's going to look like a piece of art. So I'm doing a lot of beautiful environmental stages where I'm positioning the house, the water reclamation that we're going to be doing on the land, the ability for heat sensors to release water when there's fire so that it will litter my whole land with water, the, the, the architectural uh, and geopolymer home that I'm making uh, is using waste ash, basalt fiber, and it looks like a concrete and you spray it in. So it's this very kind of in the mountain dome-like structure um, that's gorgeous, but also highly functional in terms of the ability to be seismic in an in a earthquake and also to withstand fire. You could put a blowtorch on it. It's not going to burn. So there's no wood, zero, wow. none. So, so, and then on top of it, uh, we will be using all, creating all our own power from 
uh, one of a guy, Chris Patent, on I've had him have him on my podcast. Oh, uh, we started to touch on. Uh, I mean, you can't even Google search him and find anything about what he's doing because he's that far advanced into the energy technology. Uh-huh. Um, and um, so uh, we'll be littering my whole property with clean, regenerative, sustaining energy. I'll be able to produce more power than I would need by a factor of 10 here and never need a power line from any of the monopolies to come back here ever and live as comfortably as I need to. So, and then growing my own food and I have a well on here. So, so as you can see that there is an excitement that I get to proliferate my dream on this property and also be a steward for the property to help it regenerate itself and to be minimalistic in its impact, but, but be uh, collaborative with the, the things that I'm using, the house that I'm making, the clean green tech, the plants that I plant, um, the fire retention uh, geometry that we put on the property and positioning of certain plants and ponds and things like that. Like it's a very conscious process. Mm-hmm. So are you kidding? Like I am, it's like, like it's not happening fast enough. And the bureaucratic process is unbelievably painstaking because I wish my house was up now, but that's going to blink by and the house will be up and I'll have, you know, and, and I'll look back at it and, and be fine. But during it, it's great to be back on the property. And I threw up a yurt and your yurt's amazing. Made and it's it. going to be a guest house, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's very, very cool. Yeah. Um, so, so I made it comfortable and got back on the property and just being on the property is healing, you know? It's exciting to hear you talk about your new home and how uh, conscious you are and how connected to the earth, to the planet, to nature, and the fact that you noticed the first sprouts coming out of the fire and to follow that. I think it's amazing. And nature really does teach us a lot, right? That we can take into our own health and how we do things. and uh, Resilient and adaptive. So yeah. what, what, how can we be more resilient? How can we be more adaptive? And there's nothing better than consuming great foods in order to assist the body to be resilient and adaptive and to, to function higher as we live uh, an aging life to slow those biologies down that's also you can easily speed them up just Mm -hmm. turn around and go to you know go to where i'm from in minnesota and you can see the habits that people have that are accelerating destruction and aging not regenerative living right so so it's really about supporting yourself like listen i i mean i can talk superfoods i can talk health all that all all day long but really for me it's a catalyst to just live life i don't think much about like my habits are so ingrained in the way i live that i don't i'm not obsessed about health mm-hmm. people may look at me thinking i am but i'm not it's habits that are formed so that I can do what? Hey, if a tree falls down, I don't want to have to call somebody. I can get the chainsaw. I can lift the tree up. I can get it out of the way. 
I can, I can show up to life. If I want to go sprint up that mountain, uh, on foot or on a mountain bike, I can do it right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, 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 and it's about, you can live. go help someone that you see. Exactly. I can you run with ability. my dog. Yeah. I can, I can climb these boulders. I can find a new cave, explore, be a part Whoa. of life without being a victim to it. And, and eventually through cellular biology, you'll eventually kind of start slowing down, of course, but you right. can do so much to keep yourself functioning high, everything from, you know, keeping the telomerase high from the chromosomes and keeping anti-aging down and keeping the mitochondria firing. And there's a lot you can do uh, keeping the good information. We talked about this the last time you were here, mm -hmm. keeping the good vibes in the water and information in the water clean and clear. There's a lot you can do to to set yourself up so that you can just respond to life. I mean, the great, one of the greatest things I always hear is like, Hey man, you know, I have three kids and I just want to be able to keep up with them. I, you know, I'm 30 pounds overweight and they're tiring me out. I mean, how, how many times have you heard that as the motivator? How about that times a hundred? What are the other hundred things you wish you could do if you actually l was a, strong steward for your own body so that you could let your spirit and your soul express itself more through this human experience without feeling like you're dragging around this chemistry set as just this bag of bones. That is a hard thing is, uh, the habit change, how do you have the discipline? Like you've said, it's not even, you don't even think about it because it's how you live life, right? And I think like nature, that sprout teaches us, it takes time for this green to show up. If you plant a flower, it takes time, months before the flower blooms. Nature teaches the, us, us that, the small, it needs water, it needs sun, it needs the, the proper nutrition, and it grows this beautiful flower, but without that, it dies. It doesn't grow. It, uh, but we want things fast. So I don't know if, if uh, where's that discipline come from, but I don't know if you can really answer this because this is like something that people really have to address within themselves. But I do think it comes back to the, the breath work, the nutrition, all the, all the small habits. Yeah. But understanding it takes time and then it starts to build enormous momentum in your health. But. Yeah. I mean, listen, you have to make a commitment. Yeah. You have to make a vow to yourself. And that commitment and vow is you're not going to let it go. You have to make that with every cell of your body and just start, you know. And Is there a negotiation? Can you, well, is there black, is there any no, gray, is it no. black, white? Like, black and white. Yeah. It's either all in, you're going to kind of be healthy or not because the the underpinning of your half truth is that you'll eat toxic food you'll eat and it will it'll get you yeah like you don't you got to pay your debt you know so you'll you'll have to pay for that eventually but here's the thing you don't have to just you know all of a sudden be eating plant-based at the best restaurants uh getting all the water filter systems and uh, hiring the best trainer and, and getting the best functional medicine doctor on the planet and getting, you don't have to do that tomorrow. Mm -hmm. 
you and I are still learning. I'm still adapting. I'm still shifting always. So I never ended up here by one choice. It's a million choices added up over time. And that's what people in this crazy weird society, like I always use this example. If I want to go to Australia right now Mm -hmm. and I'm one degree off, am I going to hit Australia if I start from here? No, you're going to be way the hell over here. So your bad choices that you want to convince yourself of is one is potentially 1% or more off and it's going to take you is it's not even going to take you close to health. Right? Not even close. Yeah. You're going to be so if you add up your you know, I'm just using a severe example. If you're crispy creams every Sunday that you're having, you add that up over time, you know, of how many million crispy creams you've had or hundreds of thousands. And and next thing you know, that's thrown you not even close to hitting Australia. So it's really just, I don't know if people... That's a good analogy. Uh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. So if, if people just realize like, hey, listen, it's not that hard. So I'm going to improve my water intake tomorrow. And so for this next week, I'm going to focus on increasing my water intake so that I allow my biology to realize that I'm not in a dehydrative state because that absolutely is true. Your body, if you're not drinking a third of the United States, by the way, the third of the population doesn't drink an ounce of water a day. It's amazing. No, actually not a third. Uh, it's nearly 10% doesn't drink an ounce of water a day. 30% of Americans drink maybe a glass. So you're walking around dehydrated. Right. So your body over time realizes you're in a desert. But if you're constantly thinking about water all the time, then you can't focus on anything else. So your body shifts, the hypothalamus shifts and and just goes, okay, well, we're not getting water, so we need to shift our body. So we're gonna starve our skin and some of our dehydrative uh, or some of our detoxing mechanisms to the best of our ability. We will starve ourselves of, of ridding ourselves and, and, op- and operating optimally. And you won't realize that you're thirsty anymore because you're, you can't focus on that 24 seven if your body believes that it's in a desert. So it takes a little bit for your body to realize that you're giving it clean, clear, good water every day. So then it can give it to every cell. It can give it to the organs. It can give it to the brain. It can give it to the eyesight. It can give it to the healthy skin and the glow. So start every day drinking better clean water and then you know what's going to happen oh shit dehydration causes a lack of energy so once you get hydrated you're gonna have more energy guess what now you just increased your credit you now have more credit of energy to deliver each day so you've just biohacked your way of stealing more energy so now now you have more energy to do more things. So then, fuck, I feel so good. Let's 
Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Let's move a little bit. Holy cow. You and I talked about that. Just move your body. Oh my God. One of the greatest hacks ever Mm -hmm. to initiate almost every single cellular activity of your body and the immune system and and energy systems and detoxification systems, you name it, move your body. And of course that goes along with your naturally breathing more. Mm -hmm. So try to do nose breathing while you're moving more, which is incredibly beneficial. So now all of a sudden, wow, I've just increased more water. Now I'm starting to move a little bit because it's giving me more and more energy. So now all of a sudden I've got 50% more energy than, than I even had before I started drinking water a week ago. Yeah. So holy cow. So what am I going to do with that extra energy? Well, you can keep working out. You can play with your kids more. And now all of a sudden we haven't even talked about food yet. Right. So what if I've now I replaced this shitty burger with an amazing salad and stuff like that. Just one meal a day. Just one. (laughs) And now I've got more energy. So now I'm getting damn near close to doubling the amount of energy that I had a few weeks ago. So you see where this is going. If people are willing to commit, take a vow, and move forward, um, then they will receive the gifts, but just, just like anything, you have to take the step. You don't get to have all that without your commitment and actually doing it. So that's the deal. So, and the more you do it, the more you, you do it. And the more like, I mean, I have to move every day. Like it's not even a choice because my body just tells me and I do it and I don't, I'm not debating it. Yeah. I'm just doing it because it feels good. So you just explained 90%, super life, 90% your of my book, book, just explained your book. <laughs> but this is why you should read, uh, everyone should read your book. We'll definitely link and make it easy to connect and buy. But because you also do a great job of making it simple, yeah. right? Yeah. Summarizing, making it simple, yeah. examples of foods, etc. Like, because that clear plan is important and then the action doing it and and i like we there's it's not a negotiation it's it's do it or don't do it and keep doing it keep doing it and then become aware of the positive changes the energy changes and then lean into it build and build right and then yeah then you get to just fine-tune more and more stuff that you really like so alkalinity i mean that's part of your book and Mm -hmm. of course uh is important um one aspect of water one aspect, but uh, and our body, the pH is is quite delicate, actually. Like in many systems right? of the body, it's not just a one stop pH. It's the blood. Obviously, we're not talking about blood pH. We're talking because blood pH can't move that much, and the body will, you know, s- steal its way to making sure that the blood pH stays in a very narrow range, or else you'll die. So, in general, if I'm an athlete and I'm going to grab water at the store. And I see a high pH water versus a different water. Is it better for me to grab a water that says it's nine, ten pH, or not necessarily? It, it, not necessarily. I mean, uh, it's a. I mean, it's a big conversation. But pH is one indicator of what water is. And there's probably hundreds of indicators. So, but it's still important. So it's like it's like for example, let me use an example. If you were to say, let's work out, I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to do bench press. 
So let's, I'm going to bench every day. Hmm. So that's like focusing on pH. Okay. It's like, is it important? Yes. But there's also these other balances, these other aspects, these other constituents to water that you also need to be aware of. So if I'm looking uh, at this essential uh, water, yeah. okay, which I am, right? So, which is a great water. Yeah. I actually know the scientists that, that uh, Dr. Dick Willard, that, that helped in producing this water way back in the day. So this Essentia is, I don't even know what the pH that they're claiming. So, so they're claiming a high 9.5. Um, keep in mind, the body wants uh, 7.365. It wants a balanced. So seven is a distilled water. That's a vacant water. That's a balanced water for the human body. Um, well, 7.365 is the ideal amount um, uh, a de- ideal uh, uh, acid alkaline balance for the body to receive. Mm-hmm. If you're constantly taking high pH water, your body also has to buffer that. Yeah. So there's both sides. But if you're taking a 6.0 or 5.0, that's essentially acidic water. So then your body has to l- steal buffering elements right so you have calcium and potassium sodium so your body steals that in order to balance it's also doing the same thing with with high ph all the time there's times where it's great to consume high ph water especially you know a lot of uh post-workout stuff when you're you're breathing a lot and trying to get the co2 out and the lactic acid is is blowing up yeah it's great Mm -hmm. to to increase the the alkaline part of the water to help chelate some acidic environment you've created exactly yeah. yeah bingo so so if all the athletes you're listening right now that's going to help you a ton but but the other side is we talk about different parts of water so okay i can influence i can put water from the tap right in front of you right now and i can put sodium bicarbonate in there and guess what we're gonna have a very high ph water mm-hmm. and i could put that in a bottle and sell that and say, oh, it's a 10.0 water. It's better than that water. Mm-hmm. But if that's the only indicator I'm looking at, all I'm looking at is this alkaline water. I'm not looking at what are the other elements that are going on in this water, right? So there's, you know, listen, we're looking at plastic. So I was going to say, how does the plastic make you feel? If, I, if I'm, Do I grab a plastic bottle or a, or a glass bottle? If you have, if you have the ability to gl- grab glass, every time grab glass. And so you don't have to go too crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, the, 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 the most basic is you have, uh, uh, estrogen producing elements that plastic uses to make it pliable. That's the chemical that it's the same chemical bonding, uh, estrogen, That estrogen that they're using to make that plastic uh, synthetically uh, flexible, flexible, uh, that chelates and leaches into the water. And then you drink that and it binds to estrogen receptors. And so now you're mimicking estrogen in your body and essentially drinking more estrogen than you can dominate. And, And we're in a neutered society because of all the plastics that we're wrapping our food in and wrapping our water in. So it's a a very big deal. 
and something and, to be aware of, right? Like, absolutely. And listen, just in general, yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm travel a lot. I'm on planes, and you can't get around it. Yeah, it's not always an option, right? Yeah. But to I think just the awareness, because not everyone knows, right? You know what I mean? For so, sure. And what about like this says purified water or spring water or yeah. what would you choose? Well. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, this is a big one. So, so if in fact, let's just bring it all the way back. If in fact you can find clean, tested spring water, that's your water. Drink that. Can we find clean, tested, un, unaffected water by agro runoff, pesticides, herbicides, all that's very, 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 very difficult to find that. There's, there's a few little, you know, websites and stuff like findaspring.org or some shit you can... Like if you want to go run and fill up bottles, uh, you can go do that. But it's very, it's very difficult. So my whole thing is, and water coming out of your tap, that's a whole nother issue. We have chlorines that have to be in there to kill microbes. But then you're also having reactive compounds reacting to the chlorines, making unknown com- compromises and compounds and chemical reactions that are very, very dangerous. Mm. You know, um, it's killing the microbes, but it's reacting to the pharmaceutical drugs that are now in our waterways. And that's not being cleaned out by our by our uh, water systems, right? So there's a lot of contaminants. And you and I have talked about the, the, the information in water, which is a, I don't think we have enough time. It's like a week. Another work, conversation. Another, another yeah. conversation. So there's energy in water too that you're being, it's being changed by going through the the pipes and things like that. So, so water coming out of your tap and everything that needs to be filtered. So getting back to what you're saying, I think the we have to deconstruct water and then kind of reconstruct it again. If we're living in a city and things like that, you need to filter it. And Brita is just definitely not going to do it. So, mm-hmm. so number one, if you can find, you know, mountain spring waters and glass, uh, you can get it. Um, a lot of people, but you have tons of glass bottles and you have to deal with that. What I do is I, you know, if we were to walk around, you would see an infinite amount of filters on mine. So I filter all my water coming in. I then vortate it. So now I, let's just call it, I energize, I spin the water like uh-huh. it does in nature. And then I filter it some more and then I activate it. So with some alkalinity and hydrogen, hydrogen is an antioxidant uh, molecular molecule um, that's abundant in nature. So that's, you don't have to go that heavy. For people, if you get a reverse osmosis, or a distiller, you're at least getting rid of the chemicals and the bioactive compounds out of the water. So get those out, but then make sure 100% of the time you're adding electrolytes back in. And the best electrolytes are, the the correct form of electrolytes have been beautifully created 250 million years ago with Himalayan crystal salt or some deep sea salt. You can add that back a pinch per um, a glass or a half of teaspoon per gallon of water. Shake it up. Shake up the water. Let it dissolve. Shake it up. Get some energy back in the water and drink it. No big deal. Once you're back into that, now you have a clean source and you don't have to reach for plastic bottles anymore. For normal, does it help for me to have some of that Himalayan salt and 
pinch that into my water like a bottled water that I buy or not necessarily? If, if you are not sure of the water, then always a good idea to, to put some good formed electrolytes in it. Oftentimes, bottled water just uses normal, bigger molecules of of electrolytes, and they're not in the angstrom size. And angstrom is, which is like ten to the minus nine electrolytes. That means that it's small enough to get in and out of the cell. Okay. So I, but I could put potassium or or magnesium malate in there, and it's a bigger molecule, and it won't get into the cell. The body can start to break it down, but it's hard for the body to do that. So again, I can manipulate it, and I can throw that in, and I can tell you, well, it's pH, it's got minerals in it, but again, this is, uh, this is the kind of minerals that you need. So the best, when you're on the road, Essentia's pretty good, Fiji's pretty good, um, Smart Water's pretty good, uh, if you have to uh, reach for a plastic, okay, plastic that's good bottle. to know. What about uh, carbonated water? Any um, negatives or it, it can uh, can create some. I mean, just from a digestive point of view, it can it can affect some hydrochloric acid in the body. It can be it can be on the acidic side. So, I mean, once every few months, I'll have a Perrier with some lemon or something in it, um, which is great. Nice little, you know, tickle, but um, so maybe you don't don't rely. Drink ton, don't no, just don't drink re- Perrier or or carbonated water. Think uh, of it as a, just enjoy Perrier, but drink your drink. water. Okay, that's my point of view. <laughs> yeah, like with the show notes, because I think some athletes. I mean, water's essential to our health, right? So maybe I can pick your brain for some information that I can connect with guys or 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 women that want to outfit their homes more. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah. For sure. Maybe one other practical thing. Oh, look at you. So he's, If he's... you grab a protein bar, oh how God. do you look at a bar? Oh, my God. Like sometimes, uh, I think this is interesting because it's like, uh, how do I tell if this is good or not? Any bar. Yeah. Sometimes I, I tell people one thing to look at is just sugar to fiber ratio. If, you, yeah. if there's tons of sugar and very little fiber, it's probably, probably. not great. High, high glycemic yep. load or but these are just a couple protein bars I'm just trying to think of for an athlete if you look at a label is there any anything in particular you're looking at as far as like a ratio or an ingredient you you really don't like to see yeah this, I, mean, I grabbed one plant based I guess uh, protein bar and one pro- not plant but yes. high high protein so though. basically I'm looking at he's got a pro bar uh, it says 20 grams of protein, peanut butter, chocolate. It's got chia and flax and blah, blah, blah. So I'm looking it over. Soy protein isolate. Um, the first thing that sticks out is, well, the good news is I'm looking. It says non-GMO certified. So since the soy is not organic, that's the second thing I would look at. Uh, making sure that the soy is not from a GMO source because that is a really big, big deal. Big deal. Staying away from genetically modified organisms that have essentially glyphosate um, within the matrix of the soy, um, and and glyphosate will destroy your digestive system, um, among other things. Mm-hmm. And then uh, tapioca syrup. So that's that's your sweetener. That's your sugar hit agave syrup which is not that great um as well 
Um, and then it has, oh yeah, then it has dried cane syrup, fractionated, oh, here we go, fractionated palm kernel oil. So, so that, yeah, that, that's a big no-no. Agave inulin. So they're trying to put some fiber back into it, obviously. So they got like four grams. of. So basically everyone, it's 15 grams of sugar, 20 grams of protein, uh, eight grams of fat. From from looking at this, there's no way I would eat this thing. I wouldn't eat it. Okay, that's um, helpful. So with the with the sweeteners these days, I'm actually working on our Baruka bar right now. Awesome. Um, and there's a lot of ways you can get around the sugar these days, and to have, still have it being very sweet and delicious. Uh, it's just it's just a weak formula. You know, they just didn't want to put the effort in, and it's usually a just cash grab okay when you're seeing that uh, the next bar is quest again i i don't know these companies but i'm just looking at so again super high in protein now the interesting thing is they're the first thing i see under their sugars they're using erythritol which is a fermented sugar and that's cool but it can also uh, cause some bloating in some people but it's a way it's a sugar alcohol so you can have some lower glycemic impact with erythritol um so this whey based milk proteins so the problem with milk proteins and like casein and stuff it's like nitrous nitric oxide for cancer and stuff like that so there's no way i would eat this thing either but well i think this is helpful just you talking through this because you you're Looking at the ingredients, right? Yeah. And you have some understanding of the sweeteners, what it is. Yeah, and then you see things like natural flavors. And that's fine, except that there's some nuances within the FDA guidelines for natural flavors. You could have truly natural flavor if you're a company that's dictating what you want in or not in. They will under the natural flavor, they will allow a certain amount of artificial flavors to be in the natural flavor. People don't understand that. And I would be in shouting matches with flavor companies going, I asked you for a natural flavor. And until I looked at the bylaws of the FDA, then I realized, oh, they keep telling me it's under their natural flavors. But until I actually tell them I don't want uh, certain flow agents and chemical agents in there to extract more flavor, they're going to keep putting it in there because it's easier for them. So I'm not saying that all, when they say natural flavors are all bad, yep. but unless, and I would look at this bar going, they didn't, they, didn't, a... they didn't spend a lot of time on this formula. Right. So I would venture to guess that their natural flavors, they certainly didn't spend a lot of time on their natural flavors. And it's probably not something that you want to consume much of. Okay. This... That's helpful. Well, I love your barucas. I'd love for you to just take us through uh, quickly, like around the world, to some of the discoveries you've made, some mm. of the cultures, and just the. Uh, but even barucas, yeah. uh, if we go, where are those at? In the savanna or the Sahadu of Brazil, which is south of the Amazon. Okay. Uh, uh, in in Brazil, uh, reaching from Paraguay, Brazil, and Bolivia. And these nuts are packed with just the density of the nutrients, right? Yeah. And, uh, uh, you could explain maybe the, um, but as far as uh, 
And it's exciting to hear you have a bar coming because I didn't tell Darren any of this, bringing waters <laughs> or like a bar. Yeah. I just was like, what a resource. Uh, and I'm thinking of uh, athletes I work with or, or people out there. Just You have to be really educated to know what is the best stuff to put into my body. Yep. I'm lucky enough to work with people that their body is everything and they really want to to nourish it and do the best for it. But the education, the awareness of what to do, that's like like Darren said, you're continuing to learn and the science yeah. continues to evolve. And you know what I mean? So it's, sure. it's not an easy thing to no. understand. Uh, not not, not but, when you're hit with all these manufactured foods and they're not all bad. It's just, it, it's, you have to, you have to swim through the the BS of it all, and I, you know, I, my my whole career has been behind the scenes in countries of origin, manufacturing facilities, and seeing where stuff, the origin of where things come from. So, when I'm talking about stuff, I, I you know, I, I'm talking about that ex, from that experience, and you know, and and jumping back to Barucas, Barucas was comes from a, a Barozeda tree in the savanna, and it's kind of like full circle in our conversation because culturally this tree is revered, um, but it's being destroyed from our modern day craziness of Brazil pushing meat production. So it's either they're either growing more soy and corn for cattle or they're actually stripping the land as well for cattle itself to graze on this what used to be this pristine savanna. Um, and, and one of the revered trees is the Barozeta tree where the Baruca nut comes from. Uh, and so this, this fruit, we call it, has a fruit layer. It has a shell, very hard shell, and it's got one nut. So you can't pick it early. It has to fall from the tree until the nut's formed inside. And then you have to forage it. So you have to pick it up into wild food, which kind of is very rare to, mm -hmm. to have a business that is based in a wild food. And the savanna, to give you an idea of how big it is, is uh, about the size of a third of the United States. Okay. It's three Texases. Wow. Right? So you have that huge landmass, but it's being destroyed. So 70% of it has been wiped out. So now we have 30% of that, but we it's spread out. So we have to work with thousands of, of collectors and foragers and indigenous people. So we had meetings from with uh, a female chief, you know, to say, this is what we'd like to do. Are you cool with it? And so like hours of conversation and understanding them and understanding how that would work to, to regional people and how to organize thousands of people collecting this stuff and then how to crack it efficiently and effectively and how to roast it and pass USA, FDA, genetic, uh, uh, good manufacturing practices. Um, and so we've had to learn a lot and upgrade a lot in a, in that country so that we could get out this nut and this nut is nuts it's so good it, it is great i i love the baruka nuts yeah you've been yeah. a fan for a yeah. while too and it's just kind of like something it's like it's like if you understand from a nutritional standpoint it's it's and we've done all our own testing and the antioxidants are 
just there's no nut that has the amount of antioxidants that has 400 nearly 400 percent more antioxidants than an almond does and we're not even using water to to water it's all natural and it's wild and then you have micronutrients from calcium magnesium phosphorus iron copper uh you have a third you have uh three times more fiber than most nuts so fiber is hugely important. You have a huge amount of protein. So you have seven grams per serving of, of complete amino acid uh, uh, um, protein. Um, That's a lot, because how big is a serving? Not, yeah, not 30 grams. Yeah, a little handful, little um, which is easily to put down. And um, so all of that, um, from a nutritional standpoint, you're like, holy shit, this is like more superior than any nut we've ever seen. And then when you taste it, you're like, what the hell? It tastes like a superior peanut. So you're getting, you're getting, so you talk about food as medicine, right? So in this case, you've got, something that's more delicious i believe than any nut out there mm -hmm. it's delicious unbelievable yeah. and you're getting the nutrients on top of it and you're supporting a wild food in in the indigenous area with the people and the other side of it you're supporting this tree and we plant the Barozeta trees back for every five pounds we sell, we, we have a nursery and we plant those trees back. We give them back to the indigenous people. So for me at this point in my career, you're looking at something hitting all the boxes, nutritionally superior. It's an exotic nut. It's supporting an area that's being destroyed. Um, it's supporting the people and we're planting trees and helping the environment again while people are consuming this nut that, everybody loves so it's just it's just such a great great thing to do and and at the end of the day i love bringing foods out to the world that are helping somebody and the fact that people you know i just was at this little event in malibu and these kids these young little kids were just coming up to the booth just putting out their hand wanting it and they loved it and when kids are consuming the food and you haven't given them marking spiel and they just love it and are resonating with, you know, you have a winner Yeah. because they don't, they're not going to eat it if it's not good. Yeah. So I, I, dare I say it's the most nutrient packed, most delicious nut on the planet. And it's amazing what, that you're helping the community, you're educating, you're planting the trees. For you to do everything you've done with the Bruca, is that ability for everything that you've done around it come from the years traveling and yeah. learning? Like, 100%. It, to put all that together seems like a lot of pieces in the right order at the right time and taking into account the community, everything. Like, yeah. there's a lot going into it so yeah. it yeah and it's, it's not exciting. easy yeah. it's not easy it takes a lot of work and, and and but when you're starting with that pillar of that understanding and then you put this we have an amazing team right and they're all we all have the same mindset so there's just there was just no question that this is the approach we're going to take and so that's the business model and I wish more companies some of the companies are naive to understanding all of these different aspects because if they're not boots on the ground, if you're not showing up, you don't understand it. You're just hope, wanting this commodity to be out there in the world and you're trying to sell it and make some money and blah, blah, blah. But I can't turn the awareness off. 
So when I know that this can support all of this other stuff and these people and the environment, then that's how we got to go. So, so yeah. And then investing the time to understand all of that. It was, you know, multiple trips to Brazil before we even fully, when I, before I even said fully yes to the project, just to go, Hey, yeah, this is a lot. Can we do this? And, and, but something about the tree and the nut just kind of called out, you know, the sexy nut was just like, it's you guys, it's you, it's you guys. We gotta, we gotta do this. So, so, um, so we did. And we are, and we're happy with the the growth and it's a careful grow be, growth because it's a wild food. So we have to collect what we can collect and um, we expand regions and, and communities as we go. And, um, but, you know, we love customers that care. Mm-hmm. Those are our people. So if you care about your hard-earned money giving you great nutrients and tasting really good at the same time extending beyond that into helping the planet and the environment those are the customers we care about we love that they care and they're like they realize that voting with your dollars is very important with every choice you make buying anything that you know, you're saying yes to a company. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, that's a talk, you know, we've talked a lot about consciousness and awareness, like every choice you're making, you're saying yes to that company. So, so knowing that a company has morals and ethics that align with, with how you see the world and how you want the world to be is really important to us. So we love our customers in that way. I have one more practical thing for you. Let's say I'm an athlete and I'm getting my food. Do you get your food at like a Vons or a Whole Foods or a farmer's market? And then do you prep for the week or is it day by day? Maybe if you could share how you think about getting your food because it's so important to you. Yeah. So here in California, we're really lucky. I mean, so I'll suffice it to say is once I plan everything out, I'm going to be growing all my vegetables that I need here. So I would say this, so anyone who's in a place where they can make a box and put soil in, that's what I did at my old house. I grew all my lettuces and everything else. And there's nothing more satisfying than going and picking lettuce and eating it out of a bowl. And, you know, so, so I will say that is so maybe super, that's not that hard. It sounds hard. It's not to that hard. Myself. It's not that hard. No, yeah. no, it isn't. You just got to like, again, commit and just like, okay, well you we can make a, a planter box, mm-hmm. you can fill it with soil, you can grab a little compost for all your waste and you can just keep replenishing the soil and you can plant. And, and if you keep that soil nice, you can tighten all of the growing of all the lettuces and the tubers and, and tomatoes and basil and herbs. You can tighten all that because the, the soil's so rich. Um, and, so that's ideal. That's <laughs> ideal. And so then, if you're if you have access to locally grown food, find that. There's a few places here: uh, One Gun Ranch, uh, Alice Bamford uh, owns that. Her and her partner uh, they have locally grown food that they bring to our grocery store. So I definitely uh, always go and get their stuff. Yep. And 
and also at Air One that we have a few stores in California who have they don't accept anything less than organic in the store. So talk about trust. So mm -hmm. it's like they're they're doing that works, but they also bring biodynamic, which is a higher form of growing beyond organic. Uh, it's using the whole land uh, in synergy in a much bigger level uh, and deeper level than even organic. So if I see... Is that a label you'll see on foods? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Locally grown, biodynamic, uh, you know, is always something like that food's going to be vibrant. Okay. So they're not using pesticides or herbicides or anything like, like that. So you know that's local and it's always a good thing. So I, I will definitely, you know, in rotations of seasons and things like that, I will reach for that. Or, of course, I'm getting organic everything. I'll zip around the outside of the store uh, getting that. There's not much I'm getting in 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 cans or boxes or things like that you know, like an occasional coconut chip uh chips or uh organic popcorn are great low calorie snacks that i love to crunch on and stuff like that and and there's this great product it's a dehydrated uh sweet potato chips uh, just ridiculously good okay, so great. so so those things are great um and then you know like getting quinoa to mung bean to beans easy to prepare week ahead of time have it throughout the week make some rice i mean rice and beans and salad uh is a really easy way to kind of get sustained and and have that so preparation is actually quite good to do i'll usually do that on sundays but also all the if i have busy weeks I can also go to Air One and there's some prepared food and I know how they're cooking it. So I'll get, there's times for sure at the right spot, I'll get, I'll, I'll grab food. But I'm not going to normal Whole Foods and expecting them to have all that. I, I won't because mm -hmm. I, I, it just throws me off. I can tell right away that someone's cooking with weird stuff. So, um, and then I, you know, for me, I usually eat about one meal a day. And maybe a smoothie and then one major meal a day. And that's kind of it. And I'm, you know, you know me, I'm fairly active. But my s smoothie is like... Is that in the morning or the time? Usually post-workout, okay. right? So I've worked out in the morning. I maybe have had some elixirs of, you know, some tea and cacao or something like that. Um, and then I'll work out and then I'll have my smoothie um, Shakeology that I formulated, berries, uh, blue-green algae stimulating, uh, the, the blueberries stimulating stem cells and stuff like that um, for repair and recovery. Um, fruit, I'm not afraid of, I'll have a fruit bowl that, you know, is a huge bowl of fresh fruit. Uh, sometimes I'll just, you know, devour that. Then a lunch is usually some huge salad, baruca nuts. I'll make tahini dressings and quick i'll just make up a dressing i can make it up in you know two minutes with the main ingredients yeah so tahini dressing uh or tahini a uh, little jar of tahini uh bragg's um uh apple cider vinegar um little shot of lemon himalayan little pinch of himalayan crystal salt mix that up sometimes i'll put a dollop of hummus in there too mix that up it's unbelievable dressing throw that on throw the barucas on like this is a huge salad and then and then maybe a rice cake and a big slab of avocado 
and even uh, beans on top of that. And that's kind of a standard. Um, Is that your lunch. big meal? It's kind of the big meal, yeah. And sometimes, sometimes I'll have soup, you know, soup, the especially the in the soup with that meal. And then maybe oh. at the end of the day, if I feel like I've trained hard or something like that, I could, you know, have a little but a lighter snack. And I, what I really love that, about that is it moves with the metabolism, the natural fire of the metabolism, which starts in the morning and then is really at its peak. Um, and Ayurveda really gets into the rhythm of digestion. And so at noon, that's when your digestive fire is the strongest. And then at from there about two o'clock it starts to go down so if you're front load if you're front loading your calories in the day it's much better for your digestion right um because i'm satisfied by the time four five o'clock comes around i'm really not that hungry i i may have you know um a snack people would even call it a snack i'm not really having a meal anymore i'm just having you know last night i had a kind of a a fruit nut mix and just, you know, had a few things and a couple sweet potato chips and that was it. Later in the day, like yeah. the last meal. Yeah. So then at, so then I, that's at, that's at five. I'm done eating. Mm-hmm. So five. So I've kind of fast the other opposite of most people. My intermittent fast is the opposite. Right. So I go with the rhythm of digestion and then my fast is I'm done eating at about five and then I'm not eating really again until about nine thirty, ten o'clock the next day. With your shake. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Amazing. You just did a talk that I followed on absorbing, uh, uh, digesting, absorbing the nutrients and excrete. Did you, I don't know if you talked about excreting, but also just that normal digestive. Yeah. So important, right? Yeah. And sensitivities and allergies that so many people have these days because of so many issues. Uh, talk a little bit about that. I mean, you could talk, you could continue that talk for the next few weeks pretty easily. Yeah. And, and the elimination is a big thing. And it's the important, colon right? elimination. And, and uh, again, water. The water is like our number one detoxifier. And people don't realize just drinking your water is allowing your body to detox. And everyone's like, I got to detox. Just drink more freaking water. <laughs> like, start sweat, there. Right? Yeah, start and move and sweat. And free. That's it. You're detoxing. Bingo, bango. <laughs> Pay me later. <laughs> okay, so... It's amazing. I point everyone to your site. Thanks to you. Yeah, I'll be making a new site. So darrenolean.com is big coming up. But if you go to, if you just plug in darrenolean, it will throw you to Super Life unless unless it's already up by the time you're listening to it. So, and you got um, a new podcast. You got information coming, so yeah. people can start to consume and and uh, learn and grow with you. And I've so. got an app coming out soon too to help uh, people through the eating part of things, a little movement, a little education, little videos and stuff. That that will be coming probably in like March-ish. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So a lot of exciting stuff. So thank thank you so much. Yeah, man. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe share with your friends, and leave a five-star review. Every listener matters to us, so please leave your comments along the way to let us know how we're doing. Until next time, wishing you all the wealth, health, and happiness in the world.